We've heard a lot about working from home and hybrid working formats recently, haven't we? According to one study, 48% of workers want to work from home permanently. And another 44% of that remaining 52 expressed a desire to work from home at least part of the week. 55% of respondents from another study by Stanford said that they want to spend some time in the office and some time at home. It appears that working from home and hybrid working models are here to stay. These hybrid working patterns work for some people. Some of us enjoy the more flexible working pattern and how it, improve, uh, how it improves our work-life balance and how these hybrid working frameworks have been beneficial in how we balance family life and responsibilities with our work life and responsibilities. And yet for other people, these new ways of working have caused more stress because some of us feel as if we just can't switch off or clock out. In many ways, the book of James is an instruction manual about how our faith should be at work. However, the model of faith at work that James presents to us is drastically different to the working models that we've seen in recent years. For James, the Christian faith is not just a part-time thing that we can clock in and out of. We can't opt in and opt out of what we can or can't or will or won't do. Instead, James presents an image of faith that is always at work, that intertwines what we do with who we are. On several occasions throughout this book, James calls out those who say one thing and do another. And in doing so, James calls his readers to live a life of active obedience rather than passive consumption. For James, you can't clock in and clock out of the Christian life. Instead, he insists that the faith of the Christian should be at work at all times. Please open your Bible again with me to James chapter 1, 19 to 27. What I believe that this passage is saying to us today is this. If we want our faith to be at work, then our whole lives must be shaped by God's Word. If we want our faith to be at work, then our whole lives must be shaped by God's Word. There are so many things that can shape us in this world today. We live in a culture that wants to shape us, to influence us. The idea of influencing others is big business. Many people make a lot of money by advertising certain products that are geared towards self-improvement, self-development, personal formation. We live in a culture where loud voices command our attention, and the harsh reality is that these loud voices want to influence us. These loud voices want to shape us. Whether we like it or not, 
This world that we live in longs to shape us, to influence our behavior, to control our character. And yet the Christian life should not be shaped by these things. Our lives as Christians ought to be shaped by the living, breathing Word of God. And to get our heads around how we are to be shaped by God's Word, I want us to use the image of a blacksmith in order to help us to understand how God shapes us through His Word. Anyone who's been to the Ulster American Folk Park will know that there are two primary elements to forging metal. First, the metal must be red hot. So the the blacksmith places the metal in the fire until the fire has heated the metal up so much that it becomes malleable, workable, pliable. And then when the iron's hot, the blacksmith will shape the metal into the desired shape. And just as there's two elements to smithing metal, the same is true when it comes to our spiritual formation. There are two elements to being shaped by God's Word. First, we are to listen to God's Word. Then, we are to do what it says. First, let's consider together what it means to listen to God's Word. James tells us that we are to be quick to listen. He says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. James says that we should be quick to listen. But what are we to listen to? Well, the verse immediately before this speaks of the word of truth that God chose to give us new birth. What we're to listen to here is the word of truth. James says that we should be quick to listen to this word of truth. What is this word of truth? Well, a classic Sunday school answer is the Bible. And that's the correct answer. Well done if you got that right. And if you didn't, I'm sure Mervyn will be taking notes. But what is the Bible? What do we believe the Bible is? We believe the Bible is the word of God. We as Christian people believe that the Bible is the primary means through which the Holy Spirit speaks to us today. The Bible is the primary means of God speaking to His people. Therefore, the Bible isn't just a useful supplemental tool for us as Christians. It isn't just something that gives us comforting words when we're struggling. The Bible isn't just one book among other books. The Bible is the living, breathing, active Word of God. The Bible is God speaking to us. How significant is that? 
can we wrap our heads around the significance of God speaking to us through His Word? The Bible itself tells us that all Scripture is breathed out by God and that it is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Scripture is breathed out by God. God speaks to us through it. And I recognize that that is a simple truth, but it's a significant one also. That is how God intends to shape us. The Bible tells us again that God's Word is the means through which the man of God is complete and equipped for every good work. And as we apply that thinking about what the Bible is to what James is saying here, what he is saying is that we must be quick to listen to God communicate His will to us through His Word. We must be quick to listen to the Word of God. How true is that of us? Are we quick to listen to this Word of truth or do we undervalue it and put it aside? I'm sure that many of us will freely admit that their greatest problem in living the Christian life is carving out time to listen to God as He speaks through His Word. We know we should read the Bible regularly, and yet it continues to be a struggle. We wrestle with it. And even when we do read the Bible, so often it's just passive reading and we fail to listen to God as He speaks to us. When we believe that God shapes us through His Word and yet continue to struggle to put ourselves into, into a position to be shaped by God through His Word, that is a big challenge, isn't it? If we aren't being shaped by God's Word, what are we being shaped by? Are we being shaped by our colleagues at work as they're the people that we spend the most time with? Are we being shaped in our spare time by the people we hang about with after hours? Are we being shaped by what we watch on the TV? Are we being shaped by our scrolling? Or are we being shaped by the living and active Word of God. One commentator said this, you can't be listening to the right things if you waste your attention on unprofitable things. There's a challenge there, isn't there? We live in a world with so many competing narratives, and yet we find it so hard to listen to the one true and useful narrative, the Word of God. It is time that listening to God as He speaks through His Word takes precedent in our lives. If we truly want to be disciples of Jesus who have faith that works, we must listen to God's Word. To return to that image of the blacksmith, our listening to God as He speaks through His Word is like sitting in the fire. It inflames our desires. It inflames our emotions. It inflames our hearts towards loving God. Let's sit in the fire. Let's have our hearts 
inflamed by God through his word. Let's listen to God as he speaks to us through his word. Let's sit in the fire. But for the blacksmith, the work is only half done when the metal is placed in the fire. In order for the piece of metal to be shaped, the blacksmith must hammer on it to get the desired shape. Listening to God's word is like being placed, uh, being a piece of metal placed in the fire. But turning that listening into doing is how God shapes us. Our listening makes us red hot and malleable. Our doing is the hammer that God uses to shape us. If we listen but do not implement what we have heard from God into our daily lives, the iron will grow cold and we won't be able to truly be shaped by God's word. Not only are we to listen to God's word, we are to do what it says. James follows on by saying this, do not merely listen to the world and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James says, don't merely listen to the word, do what it says. James wants to awaken us from our sleepy state of mere observation into a living and faithful action. One of my friends when I was studying in college once told me about a Sunday morning where he preached a really challenging message. And this, this message demanded a big response. I can't remember what exactly he was preaching about, but it was something that was really, really challenging. And he was expecting some feedback at the door. He was tense. He didn't know how people would react to the challenging message that he had just shared. But he wanted a conversation about it. He wanted those who had listened to him to be challenged enough that they were stirred to action. But at the door, the only response he received was, that was a lovely service. Now, I won't be one bit offended if you say to me at the door, that was a lovely service. In fact, I might be quite relieved. But I really do think there's a challenge in that. So often we can be passive consumers on a Sunday. So often we can come here for the lovely service and leave here with desires unchanged, hearts unwilling and faith unstirred. It's relatively easy to listen to God's word with sincerity and enthusiasm, but go on to live the same old way, largely unaffected by what God has said to us. We can leave here on a Sunday afternoon knowing in our minds what is good and right, but fail to implement that in our own lifestyle. A.W. Tozer, a famous Christian author, said this. It appears that too many Christians want to enjoy the thrill of feeling right, 
but are not willing to endure the inconvenience of being right. And what Tozer observes as he says this is that sometimes there's a complete disconnect between a Christian's religion and a Christian's character. Sometimes there's a disconnect between our Christianity and our character. This is often the case with us, isn't it? We know instinctively that our Christianity should not be disconnected from our character, and yet so often it is. So often our doctrine is disconnected from our doing. So often we're willing to listen, but unwilling to do. Yes, we can come along to church and listen to every word that is preached. Yes, we can pray every day, read the Bible every day. These are great things to do. But we must allow these things to form us as individuals, to shape our actions, to forge our desires. As we listen to God's Word as we read it, as we hear it communicated here Sunday after Sunday, it must have an impact on our Monday morning. So often we can leave here unchanged. So often there's a complete disconnect between our Sunday morning listening and our Sunday afternoon or Monday morning doing. How do we make that connection between our character and our Christianity? By being shaped by God's word. Not just through mere hearing, but through engaging through turning our listening into doing. To be shaped by God's word, we must listen to it and then do what it says. Just as we finish, let's consider what God is shaping us into. I think what James shows us in this passage is that scripture shapes our lives into something that looks more like Jesus. Take a look at the characteristics that James praises. He encourages and welcomes that, that, that Christians should be quick to listen, that as they should be quick to listen, we should be slow to speak, slow to become angry. And Jesus is our perfect example of that, isn't he? He's a perfect example of that quick listening and slow anger. He listened and obediently did his Father's will by taking the cross for sinners like you and me. He could have flipped out in human anger over our sin and rebellion, and yet he bore it on himself instead. Jesus is our perfect example of that perfect obedience, that listening to God's word and then doing what God has said. And moving on through our passage, notice how James describes what he calls religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless. He defines it like this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Once again, Jesus is our perfect example of that compassionate care for the downtrodden. He was the friend 
of sinners. He healed the sick. He restored the outcasts of society. He cared for the needy. Jesus is our perfect example of that compassionate care that James talks about in this passage. And not only that, James is the perfect, or Jesus is the perfect example of that unpolluted life. He was tempted for 40 days in the desert, and yet he did not sin. He was in the world, but he was not of the world. According to James, the mark of Christian character that is shaped by Scripture is Christ-like grace and compassion. James tells us not to be polluted by the compassionless, by the flawed and broken patterns of this world, but instead he encourages us with a Christ-like character that is shaped by Scripture. He encourages us to compassionately care for the vulnerable and for the downtrodden. This is the characterizing mark of a Christian who is shaped by Scripture. And these identifying marks that James shares with us are contrasted on both occasions by those who are shaped and influenced by the culture of this world. When we are shaped and influenced by culture and by this world, we will be quick to lash out with human anger we'll be slow to listen. When we are shaped and influenced by this world, our tongues will speak with the uncontrollable harshness and not with Christ-like grace. I encourage you, resist the shaping and influence of culture around you and instead embrace and implement the compassionate way of Jesus in your life as God shapes you through his word. The way of this world creates orphans and widows. The way of Jesus compassionately cares for orphans and widows. I encourage you, allow God to shape you. Allow God to form you into the man or woman that he wants you to be. Don't just come in here and listen. Go out there and do. Let us pray.